Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. One, two, three. Is now on ESPN Radio. Well, it was now ESPN Radio. I had a little Sunday morning coming down this week, not because I was hungover or anything like that. I just drove through the night on the way back from Ogden, Utah. Didn't get back until about... I, this was actually a unique experience for me because I've, I, I moved to Missoula when I was six years old, went all the way through college here, and then I've, moved, I've been back for the last six years, so... Do the math. I guess I've lived here for 23 out of my 36 years on the earth. I've never watched the sunrise from that angle while driving on the freeway. So that was cool. But then when you get home and you go to bed at 7 o'clock in the morning, I, I can't sleep anyway. So then I'm up at 10, and I, so I was, feeling, I was feeling pretty weird yesterday. But here we are. We're back into it. And, uh, you know, when you go to bed before halftime of Sunday night football, you're going to get a good night's rest. So that's exactly where I was at uh, yesterday. Thanks so much for hanging out. If you're missing the first hour of the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. It's time now for the Monday afternoon quarterback. Coach Marty Mornaweg joins us here on Nuanas Now, second hour of each Monday show. It's probably presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank is Montana's brand of banking and the Monday afternoon quarterback, Montana's version of the NFL Coach, what's up? I know you're a little, you had a little road trip. You've actually had two big road trips the last couple weeks. Yeah, no, this was a big time road trip. But first, that uh, the song you just played, Johnny Cassing and Sunday Morning, that's my wife's favorite song. There you go. Only with Chris Christofferson oh, singing it. Okay. I like the Johnny Cass <laughs> yeah. version. But listen, we spent 30 hours in the truck together. Me and my wife, Lindsay, and our dog, Momo. <laughs> and it was a great trip down to Flagstaff. She's from there, so she got to see some You know, totally. we, we made it into a kind of a fun road trip. But... I'm not going to do that again. I'm <laughs> flying the next time. No doubt. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks so much for always tuning in. Um, that's an interesting element for you, though, right? Because going to flag now, Marty was on the call for the the, uh, the Scripps MTN broadcast there for the Grizz Conference opener. But you coached there once upon a time, and that's actually where you met your lovely wife, right? That's right. I met her the first time I was coaching there. I was still desperately trying to play. I was coming off an ACL uh, from playing in the Arena League with the Denver Dynamite. I took the running back job there at Northern Arizona. Now, that was uh, uh, we had myself on the staff. Well, the Larry Contera was the head coach. Great head coach. I learned a lot from him. We also had Billy Callahan was an totally. offensive line coach who went on to be a head coach in both the pros and, and college. And then Brad Childress was on that staff. And there was a couple others that never became head coaches, but they coached in the NFL like Steve Hagan. So great staff. We had some great players. But it just seems like NAU has trouble getting over the hump. Yeah. You know, I think we were the, the two times, two different times I coached her, I think we were seven and four, eight and three, something like that and so and we had many uh more than a handful of pro players sure right i mean we had some hellacious players uh but team wide just hard for any of you for some reason to get over the hump because they've got everything they need right now 
Those facilities are nice, OMG. right? OMG. Yeah. Wow. And and I thought NAU going into the game, I thought it might be a little tussle until, you know, middle of the second half or something like that. Because NAU's talented. Sure. They've got some talent there. And they had, you know, 21 guys out of the portal, many of them starting, and it just hadn't come together for them yet. And it certainly did on Saturday, didn't it? It absolutely did. Northern Arizona, their first win of the season, 28-14 over Montana. What, 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 so it, there was no crossover with Coach Reed while he was there? Andy Reed was at Okay, Eddie. so I'm a GA at the University of Texas El Paso. Uh, yeah. We got that thing turned. We lost our line coach. To be a coordinator, he took the coordinating job at La Tech and offered me the full-time tight end job there. Well, I still think I'm a player. I want to get my master's. So I stayed. And then, so we interviewed Andy and hired Andy. Okay. And that's where Andy and I became very close. And then I go back to NAU where he came from. Right, right. Right? So he helped me get the running back job there. And uh, some of the same members of the staff were still on it. But that that was our first time that we coached. We co- Andy and I coached. Texas, El Paso, Missouri, Green Bay, and then Philly for a decade. I was his coordinator and assistant head coach for most of that decade. It's just fascinating to me to think that at one little period of time that at Northern Arizona, there was at least four guys that went on to become NFL head coaches. Yourself, Andy Reid, Brad Childers, and uh, Bill Callahan. That's crazy. Yeah, and then... at, at El Paso, you had Dirk Cutter and right. myself <laughs> and Andy Reid there and uh, Ken Flager, who's still coaching yep. with the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe he's coaching outside backers or a defensive assistant. He's got some age to him. Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty Mordenweg in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. Uh, just just your thoughts on on the Grizz game. I mean, I, I, thought, I thought the Grizz played really poorly in the first half from a mistake standpoint. They got a punt blocked and they had a turnover, but then they cut it to 21-14 going into the halftime. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, they'll make some adjustments and they'll come out and, and uh, you know, they won't allow any other sort of stuff. And, and then they just couldn't get anything going on either side of the ball. It was really, really weird to watch. Yes, I was with you before the game. Sorry, I thought it might be a pretty good tussle then. Look it. Look, at everything went, kind of went against the grid. They didn't play well. They played hard. There's sometimes where you play hard, you just don't play very well. Sure. And they made just too many mistakes. They just seemed like they couldn't get anything done on offense. Uh, I believe they ended up something like 2 for 12 or 2 for 13 on third downs. 2 for 12, yeah. Uh, you know, so, I mean, that that's going to stymie you right there. That alone, all right? So, so, but now's the time, right? It's real easy to support your team when they're winning. Right now, it's easy to go negative, right? Really easy. But I'll tell you, when the when they're winning, the players and coaches and, and the rest of the staff, they don't need the pats on the back. You know when they need your support is right now. And those players need to make sure they're in a little bubble with their, with their little circle, players, coaches. That's all they need need to consider. They don't need to consider you and I talking about them sure. and all the mess outside that little circle. No other options. Trust goes a long way. You trust the your buddies, the players next to you. Trust the coaches. Coaches trust the players because the worst thing that can happen is that Oh, start whining and complaining like a bunch of little babies. Don't go there. Because then then that loss at NAU compounds. You don't want to do that now. you got to be tough mentally. You can't let NAU beat you multiple times, right? You went down there. You didn't play well. 
You got to just flush it. Um, last thought on this, and then we'll get into some NFL stuff. I do think that the Grizz have struggled offensively the last two years. That's no secret. But they found a way to win a lot of ballgames last year despite that. The fact that they had some defensive breakdowns and missed some tackles and got beat by some trick plays and things like that, I think that's an element of concern, but I don't think you can possibly call it a trend. I mean, that's the first time since Coach Alk returned that I would say that they tackled poorly in a game. So it's not a trend. It's just a, it's just an occurrence. And then the same thing with the special teams. They have been the best special teams in the country since Coach Alk came back. And, you know, I think, I think that's one of the key factors in that game. That's only the second time I can ever remember a Bobby Houck team giving up a blocked punt. I don't. They don't even really know how to react to that. <laughs> you, you don't ever even want to. You don't want to know how to react to it, though, right? You don't want to have to like prepare for that. You're not going to ever anticipate it. But I do think it kind of shell shocked them. Uh, hey, look, look. You haven't coached very long, or you haven't played very long if you haven't been through one of those. Sure. Right. right. The, and the key is everybody gets knocked. You know the whole thing. It, 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 it's how you react to it, right? right. When you get not, when you get knocked out right in the jaw, right. Uh, get get back up, and those team leaders better do this. The team leader, I'm talking four, six, eight of those team leaders, better go, okay, this is never going to happen again. I'm talking about a singular play, let alone sure. the whole game. Right. Okay, that's not going to happen again, and here's how we're going about our business right here. And then the big picture, a game like that's not going to happen again, even though, I mean, that's once in a blue moon type of situation, I suspect. Both your boys coaching uh, in Hey, in college, how they do? How North, Bobby Cade's at North Dakota State, yeah, and uh, bye week, uh, bye week at NDSU. Bye week. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna say because I hadn't heard the score yet, and I, you always hear the NDSU score in yeah. Montana. Uh, very important bye weeks, right? Totally. I mean, you got to get better during bye weeks somehow, some way. Maybe not physically. You might give the fellows a little break physically and get them in the weight room maybe two or three times that week, but mentally and film work, and then get them the heck out of there. Get them a little breath of fresh air away from the game for a day or two is always a good strategy. And then big sky at Columbia, you know, they didn't look good week one. And I remember texting them going, hey, the big jump is from week one to week two in the NFL uh, or college. And, And I said, so you better make that jump. And they did. They had a 30 to nothing win over Georgetown. No, I was down ESPN Radio. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty presented. By Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting friends and neighbors. Stockman Bank celebrating their 70th anniversary this year. If something's been around for 70 years, they're doing it right. So if for any and all of your banking needs, let Monta- uh, let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking uh, today. Uh, a couple things to get to uh, here, Coach. First of all, one common theme we talk about, um, now this is their third year doing this, is that every team in the NFL is going to lose a game or two or three. I mean, the best, I mean, the Chiefs were, you know, 14 and three last year, right? But you're going to lose one, two, three, four games, even if you're one of the best teams in the league. So often, though, it's not the best teams beating the best teams. The Chiefs were kind of an anomaly last year. The Chiefs, their their losses were to the Bills, the Bengals, and the Eagles during the regular season. Most of the time, though, it's not that. It's to some other teams that come up and get you, and we saw that yesterday. I mean, the Texans 
rolled up the Jaguars, and I'm not quite ready to call the Jags a good team yet. They do have some potential. They're in a division that's pretty winnable, and they got a great quarterback. Not ready to call them a great team yet. But Dallas looked like the best team in the NFL the first two weeks, and they looked awful yesterday against Arizona. And the same thing, the Ravens looked great the first week, pretty good and beating the Bengals in week two, and then they lose to a Colts team that doesn't even have their guy. Gardner Minshew is their quarterback. So, I mean, why do you think this is? Why do you think sometimes the – the sort of the the lesser quote unquote teams jump up and bite some of the best teams in the league. There is no substitute for the hard work and preparation that must go in to win in a National Football League game. There, there is no substitute for an average game plan. You can't overcome those things. You know, an offense, defense, or special teams. Injuries sometimes have uh, play a small part into that. If a guy's nicked up or, or not, you better be on. On NFL games. NFL games are also shorter than college games. Not as much anymore because the college game just got shorter by only four or five plays a game because right. the clock is not stopping on first down. But but it's much more difficult to overcome blow-up type plays in the National Football League because of the parity, right? The, the extra good teams, the Chiefs, uh, uh, Bills type all right, they're about an inch better than everybody else. Now, that goes a long way, right? They win a lot of games because of that. But if you're, if you're not on it, hard work, preparation, the talent's not there, the old school mentality's important in the NFL. If you don't have those things, you're, you're likely to lose to anybody on that Sunday. The other guy, a specific guy I wanted to ask you about because he's getting a ton of hype right now, and I think it's justified. I, I thought this guy was... A, a really interesting prospect coming out of Penn State, but I wondered how he would adjust to the NFL game. Micah Parsons ran one of the fastest 40s ever at the Combine for a defensive lineman, but he was sort of this lineman-linebacker hybrid. I didn't know if he could play with his hand in the dirt or how they would use him. The way the Cowboys have used him has been excellent. Sometimes he's like a sideline-to-sideline type inside guy. Sometimes he's like a Derrick Brooks type outside pass rusher, and even sometimes he can play the wide nine defensive end with his hand in the dirt. He's been unbelievably productive, but I've heard very many national pundits say this guy's the best player in the NFL. I'm not ready to go there yet. I think there, right now I actually think there's as many really, really good guys in the NFL across the board defensively, defensive linemen and guys in the secondary that are excellent. So I'm not quite ready to go there yet, but they, they are using him in sort of a unique fashion. This guy's a heck of a player. I remember I did not look at him specifically. He's a defensive player when he was coming out. Well, is it, I believe this is his third year. This is his third year, that's right. right. Uh, but I remember the defensive uh, coaches and, and, and scouts, personnel men, uh, discussing this young man. And, uh, you know, he's, he's in the 240s. He's about 6'3". He ran, I believe, a 4'3'6". That's right. Are four, you three. kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Sub 4'4". Four, four, uh, and I, the first thing I ask, is he productive? They go, yeah, he's productive. So Dallas is using him. He's really a linebacker type of fella that has great pass rush ability. So they can use him anywhere. They use him as an outside linebacker, a defensive end, an inside linebacker. And he is sideline to sideline because of his speed and quickness. This man is an instinctive football player. Your point is, this is only his third year. That's right. There's no way you can say he's the best player in the National Football League yet. That's right. I mean, you got multiple guys in the league right now that have won multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. I mean, Nick Bosa had a season for the ages. I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys even at his spot. I mean, I would say Michael Parsons has a lot of position versatility. That's what makes him really good. 
but I'd, I'd call his his position as an edge. There's a yeah. lot of really good edge guys right now in the NFL. Who do you think is the best defensive? Guy? I would say Bosa, just yeah. like you. I, as long as he's healthy, you right. know, he gets nicked up too much. And and look, Parsons went through a a foot injury uh, sure. early in his career, and uh, this this guy's really really. If he can keep up the same production over the course of the, the next, you know, let's say five or six years into his career, I would he would be in the mix there as the best defensive player in the league. Sometimes a lot of the national guys get a little bit out over their skis. Like, there's some guys saying this guy's the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. I'm like, come on, man. Like, pump the brakes. Again, if you give me a 12 or 13-year sample size and you have 150 sacks, I can get on that a little bit, but Lawrence Taylor changed the game. I mean, Lawrence Taylor is one of the most impactful professional athletes ever. He's got his personal struggles or whatever, but, like, the way that the NFL game is played is largely based on the the impact Lawrence Taylor was able to have. Oh, you're exactly right. Well, schemes changed. And people went about their businesses differently uh, because of Lawrence Taylor. No, it's now ESPN Radio, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty here on uh, ESPN Radio. All right, let, let's talk about some of the young quarterbacks. I, I was Mike Greenberg was talking about this this morning on ESPN Radio when I was driving into the office. And um, right now... Anthony Richardson, only three games into his career, is already on the shelf with an injury with the Colts. Bryce Young is the number one overall pick with the Panthers. He's also uh, on the shelf with an injury. C.J. Stroud was great yesterday, and, and uh, the number two pick out of Ohio State. But I still think that there's a certain element to this where young guys, their heads are spinning, they're trying to get into the game. But they also, I don't know if they know how to protect themselves like some of the veteran guys. When you were working with young quarterbacks, how do you teach guys that element? Because a lot of times if you're a top-five pick, you're going to a team with some holes. You're going to get hit a little bit. I don't think it's a coincidence that these guys are already hurt. What do you think of this? How would you manage it if you had one of these sort of blue-chip type prospects? Well, first, first, right, there is a unique uh, situation in the NFL, unique size, speed, strength. They are paid to hit the quarterback that's right. and hit him hard. right? <laughs> that's, uh, that's unlike college, right? And so you discuss it. You emphasize it and you drill it. I put something out last week for the 33rdteam.com, right? 33rdteam.com on mobile quarterbacks and put the 10 rules of coaching a mobile quarterback. And part of that was minimize the splatter hits. It's your duty as the quarterback to your teammates to minimize the splatter hits and how you go about minimizing the splatter hits. Now, it's not enough just to put it on paper or discuss it or emphasize it. You have to drill it, and you have to drill it at game speed. And it usually takes a big-time shot uh, for some of these guys because they all think, right, they're they're really mobile guys that have unique ability. They think they're Superman. So that's a discussion in itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because well, Lamar Jackson will say, yeah, I, I kind of am Superman. I said, no, you're not. Superman can fly. You can't. And he go, I can fly a little bit. I'm going, well, okay. But here, so when you're, when you're one-on-one with those unique guys, right, okay, make the move and score. If you're trapped, that means two or more defenders have tight angles on you. Get up or get out. Or get down if you're inside the numbers. Get up and get out if you're outside uh, the numbers in the NFL field on the NFL marking. So it's 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 not hard. It, it, it's very simple to put down on paper and emphasize, but it's much easier said than done, so you have to drill it. It's like Peyton Manning used to always say, the thing you got to learn is the window that you throw in. In college, you could throw this guy open. In, in the NFL, 
you don't put it in the window, it's a pick. It's the same thing with some of these running quarterbacks, right? I mean, right. Anthony Richardson, nobody could catch him in college. Everybody on NFL defenses are as fast as Anthony Richardson. Yeah, so there is a little bit of a learning curve on these young, inexperienced, dynamic, athletic type of fellas figuring out what they can get away with and what they can't. I remember when I was coaching Brett Favre or Steve Young or, uh, you know, Vic, hey, this guy right here, I put it on film. This man right here, he's faster than you. Well, what's that mean, Coach? I just want you to know that <laughs> for the ball game, right? This man is faster than you are, right? And for Brett, it might be two or three of them right. are faster than you. All right, so just know that going into the game. You know, so little things like that going off a long way. Now, not many people are faster than Lamar. That's right. right? So, so that's a little different conversation when you have him in the room. The biggest headline maker yesterday, I think the biggest eye-opener, I, I guess, was the way that the Miami Dolphins just absolutely destroyed the Denver Broncos. You look at the final, and you see 70 points. I did a triple take. I was like, I really don't know if there's ever been 70 points scored in an NFL game. Well, I looked it up. There's been two other occurrences. They were both in the 1940s. Here's one for you. The NFL record for points in a game is 73, and the Chicago Bears beat the Washington Redskins 73-0 to in the 1940 NFL championship game. Imagine a 73 to nothing Super Bowl. I think the world would explode. Either way, though, Coach, I mean, Miami's as advertised. They are lighting it up. Uh, but what did you think of this? There's some scuttle that maybe this was unsportsmanlike. Where are you at with nah, the- you know, here, here, The only way, we talked about the NFL game being pretty short. Sure. The only way you score 70 points is a whole mess of turnovers that you That's get. That's right. I don't know how many they had. I didn't look it up, but... but uh, uh, Sean Payton and, and the Broncos must have had uh, more than a handful of turnovers for their opponent to score 70. Now, I don't want to take anything away from, from the Miami Dolphins because they are clicking. They've got skill. they got ability. They've got scheme. Their coach is doing a nice job of putting them in position to have success. Then you compile that with a poor defensive uh, uh, team uh, with the Broncos and the Broncos' Offense turning it over many times. The craziest part about, well, 70 is crazy. The second craziest part is the Broncos also scored 20. So you had 90 points in this game. Because like you're saying, we only get 8 or 10 possessions in an NFL game. For the Broncos to turn three of them into points and and still have that many turnovers to result in the Dolphins having that many opportunities, uh, is pretty crazy. My whole thought when it comes to high-scoring games is stop them. Have some pride and get off the field. Like, just don't give up 70. I don't think it's unsportsmanlike. like it. These, everybody's getting paid the same salary cap league. You should uh, just get off the field. You want us now, ESPN Radio, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty Bornaweg in studio with us. Best of the weekend, worst of the weekend. Right after this, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart, 
and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a, a, a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. Oh! The one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty Mortaway again studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. We do this the second hour of each Monday show here during football season on Nuanas Now. Appreciate you for tuning in. It's presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Monday afternoon quarterback, Montana's brand of NFL. Best of the weekend. We talked about the Miami offense and just the, the way that they're just lighting up the scoreboard. 70 points against the Broncos yesterday was crazy. But how about the Cleveland Browns defensively? I mean, the Browns... See, this is what happens when you if you have several years in a row where you're pretty bad, you get really you get really high draft picks. If you hit on those draft picks, and the Browns didn't a lot in the late '90s and early 2000s, they drafted a lot of guys that turned into busts like Courtney Brown and Trent Richardson, Tim Couch. Well, they've hit the last couple times they've had really high draft picks. They get Miles Garrett, who's one of the best players in the NFL. They get Denzel Ward, one of the best corners in the NFL, and they start building around those guys. They looked lights out yesterday on uh, defense, Coach. They, I mean, the Tennessee Titans only had 86 yards of offense. Yeah. So here's the situation. Right? They got Deshaun Watson at the quarterback spot. They're fully loaded on defense. They've got a very good defensive coordinator, not coordinator now that I know how, how he operates. He operates very well. He's had success. Offensively, they pride themselves on running the football in a physical manner, and they've got a really good quarterback, Deshaun Watson. All of those people... All those players, if you ask them, they will say, we'll go as far as our quarterback, Deshaun Watson, will take us. It's that simple. You can be fully loaded. That's how important right. the quarterback position is. Well, and when you have that, – that galvanizes the defense too, right? Like those oh, yeah. guys know when they, – they, they've had some unfunctional guys or maybe guys that didn't have the respect – of the locker room. And or just good enough right. but to when, lose your most games. But when you have a guy that the team buys into, that helps yeah. the defense too, right? Yeah, I learned that uh, my first year in the National Football League where the great Reggie White publicly came out and said, we're loaded up. We'll go only as far as Brett Favre can take us. And that's one of the greatest players in the NFL history. And he that. was a defensive lineman understanding how important the quarterback position is. We talked about all the great players in the NFL right now. Who do you think is the best NFL? Who are, who are some of the guys that scared you the most when you were preparing for them? Coach Barty was in the league for more than 25 years. Who are the guys that oh, scared you man, the most alive. You for go them? back. Well, it didn't scare, nothing scares you. Sure, right? sure, sure. But, but you better stymie right. their best player, right? So so uh, let's say one of their best player is a pass rusher. You better let them know, and I usually do it starting play one. That it's not going to be one-on-one most of the game, right? So you chip them and thump them and all those things. If it's a Deion Sanders, 
right? There were there were several games where we went, Dion will not get within 10 yards of the football, period. <laughs> Done, right? You tell everybody that, and that's the way we're going to operate, yeah. right? And then there was another game with Brett, because he had such a big arm, that we were going to throw only three routes at the great Dion Sanders. But Leon Lett and Charles Haley, when they were with the Cowboys, and I was with Green Bay, and then coordinating in San Francisco, they were on the same side, Lett and Haley. Very difficult to game plan. So you you end up inventing things. I'll tell you, well, well, one thing, it was, it was uh, Miami. They had two great edge rushers and Sue inside. So here come a new word, thump. We're chipping both edges, and then the back. And I'm using five man protection, and the back is going to chip Sue. That's how important it was. And we scored 40 points in that game, right? So I wasn't going to drop back five or seven steps, but for four or five times, everything else was going to be play action and movement uh, against a front like that. So you stymie these guys. Uh, but those were some of the best players. The great Reggie White. Coulter. For sure. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I I was on the same team as him. And then and then even when he was older, he went to Carolina. I, I was in San Francisco and played against him and still game plan for him when he was aging. He's an unbelievable, unbelievable player. Uh, some of the worst from the NFL this last weekend. Speaking of a quarterback galvanizing a team or not, the New York Jets came into the year thinking, okay, we can make a run at the AFC East. We might even make a run at the AFC period. All the hype, all the offseason stuff, all the Aaron Rodgers stuff, and then four plays in, boom, Aaron Rodgers got a torn Achilles. And now it doesn't even matter that the Jets have one of the better defenses in the league. They've looked non-functional offensively, and that happened again yesterday. So what do you make of this? I mean, they brought in Aaron Rodgers for two things. One, to be one of the great quarterbacks in the history of the league, but two, to help out the young guy that they wasted the number two. I shouldn't say wasted yet, but they used the number two pick on last year, and now it kind of stuck with Zach Wilson. They don't have Mike White or Joe Flacco or any of these veteran guys to fall back on. So what do you do if you're the Jets? Well, when Zach Wilson was coming out, I you know his skill and ability is fine, you know his arm. But I hesitated on him just a little bit because I questioned the young man's instincts. Right. Just a little bit. Now, can you learn this with experience? Yeah, but it, it's still, it's it's in your guts. You know, you kind of grow up with that, whether you were born with it or it was your environment or a combination of those two things. So, so uh, but I did a thing on, on a Zoom call for the 33rd team last week. I think it was on Wednesday uh, about this, about Zach Wilson and New York Jets. They've got to find defense at worst. Right? They've got pretty good specialty and all that. And now you've got a young, inexperienced quarterback that's had some opportunities, though, and has yet to have sustained success, right? He just hasn't had much at all. No. Yeah, I mean, this year. There hasn't even been moments where you're like, oh, man, maybe he's figured it out a little bit. He's really struggled when he's gotten into games. Yeah, so here's what you do you lead. Okay, you can do it one of three ways. You can just go on about your business like he's Aaron Rodgers. Don't do that, right? <laughs> right? right. You can lean all the way to your defense and special teams and just kind of take your quarterback position out of it. Yeah. Don't do that. It's somewhere in the middle. And I'd lean, lean, I'd lean towards leaning toward your defense and special team. Yeah. Get really creative, really creative in the running game. Yeah. Much like NAU did to the great. Yeah. Play it much like NAU did with their rookie freshman That's right. quarterback, right? And then keep. This young man, Zach Wilson, out of the mess. Now, what do I mean by the mess? Too many third and seven pluses. And I would tell the whole team, don't be surprised if we do some unconventional things. 
on third and seven plus, and here's why. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep the young man out of the mess. So let's make sure we go forward, right? And then and then pick out four to six, right, where you think are touchdown type of passes and protect the man, chip on the edge, whatever you gotta do to get these one-on-one in the right situation, right? And let him go by, let him use that arm. And then I move him, right? Move, get him to the numbers, right? Right, right off of play action and trapping the end and all those things. So they didn't do that. You know, uh, you know, get some three-step in there, all those things. They didn't do that. So I was watching the game in the in the truck on the 15-hour trip. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, uh, I and and then it's not how many sometimes. And I was hoping that was the situation. And right. on Jack, right up until that drive late in the game, and then they got the ball back. Is sometimes it's not how many, it's when. So I was hoping for that young man to say he could put another drive together, but he was just simply not even close to that. So that's the way I'd go about my business with these young, uh, mobile, inexperienced quarterbacks. The two things that are really holding the Jets back, other than obviously the, they're, the guy that they thought were going to be the franchise quarterback, Terrence Achilles, is that they've invested so much money in all their stars that aren't on the offensive line, that the offensive line's a little bit weaker yeah. as well. And then they also, they don't, if they had a power running back, they could, the kid that they got out of Boise State, he's a speed guy and he's coming off an ACL. That fit perfectly when he got Garrett Wilson and you, get, and you want Aaron Rodgers to stretch the field. They can't just load up and give this guy 30 carries. He's coming off a knee and that that hurts him as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's too bad. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, as they go, I mean, the kid is talented. So just play, please, play directly to this young man's strengths. Don't ask him to do things he can't do yet. Don't do that. Stay and keep it, be, be really creative, but keep it simple in his mind, and, and you're, you may end up be off and running at some point during the year. Would you trade for Kirk Cousins for the New York Jets? No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't uh, either. But I know, it's, I know that's not the, the, I mean, everybody's saying that's what they should do. I don't think they should. Yeah, no, I don't think they should. I think they should take it upon themselves to train this young man, keep him out of the mess, play to his strengths. You've got a good. Though I, I, I think at worst, you know, they're going to be a, 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 let's say, a game out of the playoffs at best. Right. They got to get I mean, this yeah, thing going, but they got to right. get I mean, some offense. Right. They were eight and nine last year with yeah. without Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, yeah, all you got to do. Kid. That's right. So you got to just figure out a way to to get there. Get an extra two games. The other one we've talked about a lot the last several weeks that I think is maybe reaching a breaking point is is Tennessee, the Titans were non-existent on offense yesterday. They had six first downs and 86 yards of offense. Ryan Tannehill had a quarterback rating of 24. I've, I've never really seen something like that. I don't think that you can blame it on Tannehill, but I do think that if, if you are the Tennessee Titans, and two years ago you're the number one seed in the AFC, and then last year you, you, you take a huge step back and go 7-10, and 10, and now here you are and you can't really function on offense, and it's it's negating what their offense is built on, which is, their powerhouse running back, Derrick Henry, he had 10 carries for 18 yards yesterday, Coach, because the the Cleveland Browns knew, hey, let's just load it up because this guy can't beat us. And they have a guy they drafted sitting on the bench. I don't know. I think that we're reaching a point where Tennessee's got to make a decision. Uh, they they are getting to the – I totally agree with you on that one. Uh, Tannehill can take you so far. You know, he reminds me of a Steve DeBerg type of quarterback yeah. back in the day, you know, with a really good team. He's going to win a certain amount of games. Sure. But he rarely will take you to the promised land uh, like the Super Bowl. I will tell you, I, I, there's been uh, several quarterbacks throughout the past uh, many decades, but if they just catch fire at the right time, 
down the stretch and into the playoffs and play like for a short period of time, like a top five quarterback, you know, they end up uh, taking their team to the Super Bowl. They're not really a top five type quarterback, but they play like it for that eight or or, or ten game span there uh, down the stretch and through the playoffs. Noah's Dow, ESPN Radio, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. More right after this. ESPN Radio Missoula. 726 yards of total offense for the Miami Dolphins yesterday. That's crazy. I've only heard of more than 700 yards of total offense a couple times ever in football games, and that's in college games where there was a million different changes of possession and 95-plus plays on each side. 726 yards of total offense. That's like... That's like three weeks for a lot of NFL teams. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. I've never even heard anything like that. One afternoon quarterback, Marty Mornaway, uh, in studio with us here on ESPN Radio. Big shout out to the guys over at Graphic Imprints. They hooked us up with these awesome trail t-shirts, the Trail 1033, one of our sister stations. They gave us these awesome logo tees for uh, our River City Roots Fest. It was one of our big events uh, each summer, and uh, we appreciate them. Also, any and every time you see me wearing ESPN Radio and Nuana's Now gear, chances are Graphic Imprints made it. So appreciate Graphic Imprints. If you need any sort of logoed gear for your uh, business or just for yourself, uh, look up Graphic Imprints on Facebook or visit graphicimprints.com. Uh, this is a very uh, straightforward question, Coach. Are the San Francisco 49ers the best team in the NFL right now? They sure look like it. 3-0 and after they pounded... Uh, on uh, Thursday night football, pounded the New York Giants thirty to twelve on Thursday night football. They they just look like I'm not ready to anoint them as the best team yet, but they look like the most complete team to me so far. I agree with you. I look at there's other really good teams, and a couple of them are only two and one. Sure, the right. Chiefs, for instance. Yep. I uh, that would be a pretty good tussle right now. It would seem to me uh, with those two teams playing. Uh, here's the deal, culture as as we all know. The NFL season is a marathon season. I suspect the 49ers will go through some adversity, whether they lose a couple of games back-to-back or they lose some guys to injury. You've got to overcome, much like the Grizz right now, right? Right. They lost a, 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 you know, bleep, you know, it didn't look good, (laughs) right? They've got to overcome, right? So the the Niners will go through some of that. Let's see if they can overcome because I know. I know the Chiefs can overcome. Yep. I know some of the other teams can overcome. Hey, how about the uh, the Packers? Right? 2-1. Uh, go Pack Go. Looking good. I mean, you know. A couple I, really I, close wins as well. I mean, pull yeah. it out by one point two weeks in a row. That's how, as a young team, you can gain some momentum, right? Yes, yes. And and confidence, right? Yep. I'll tell you, in talking to the Northern Arizona football coach, Coach Ball, right, and some of the players, because sure. I was there on Friday, one thing, give me one thing, get you over the confidence came from every one of their mouths. We have the talent. We've got the code. We've got yeah. this. We've got everything we need. We got. We just need a little confidence. And confidence can take even an NFL player a long, long way. Monday afternoon quarterback presented by Stackman Bank, where they blend traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology. Stackman Bank provides time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. After yesterday, the 49ers and the Dolphins are the only two teams that have moved to 3-0 already in this, in this young season. 
And then we got two 2 0 teams playing tonight, Monday Night Football, the Bucks and the Eagles. 0-3 teams after yesterday, the Panthers, the Bears, the Vikings, and the Broncos, but the Bengals need to win uh, tonight uh, to avoid an, an 0-3 start. So there's a couple in there, Coach, that are surprising, a couple that aren't surprising, but, I mean, it just shows you how hard it is, right? I mean, even when you think it's going great, there was, I mean, last week we were talking about, I think, eight different 2-0 teams, and almost all of them except for Miami and San Francisco lost. Yeah, so here's the deal. After three games, and certainly after four games, there's usually... Three or four that are undefeated, and three or four that haven't won a game yet. Now, that's given a team or two, right? Uh, right? Three or four, typically. Then you get into midseason, there's usually only one or two that haven't lost a ball game, right? And there's usually only one or two that haven't won a game, and everybody else is in the middle. Like, like It's crazy. I used to add it up. I mean, there's some teams that are 3-0. There's some teams that are 0-3. Everybody else is two and one or one and two. Exactly. They're in it. Monday night football coming up. Uh, Philadelphia against Tampa Bay. A couple two and zero teams. That one's in Tampa. Eagles five and a half point favorites on the road. Cincinnati, who's zero and two, versus the uh, the Rams. And the Rams have looked actually a lot better. I think the Rams were a team that most people didn't think were going to be very competitive this year. And then when Cooper Cup was ruled out before the season started, put on IR before Week One, you're, you're thinking, well. Rams are going to be fast-tracking towards the number one pick. Well, not so fast. The Rams have found a whole bunch of guys I've never heard of to operate their offense, and uh, they've been pretty okay. And the the other fold you got to uh, acknowledge is that Joe Burrow is a game-time decision. They said he's doubtful, then he got moved to questionable, and they said they're going to warm him up, but they're, they're being coy with it. Uh, but they said they're not going to make the decision if he's going to play tonight or not. Uh, Bengals still three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I thought that was a little interesting given uh, Joe Burrow's uh, status coming into this game. Yeah, they need a win desperately Have because to. the odds just keep going down right. and down and down if you go to 0-3. Right. I mean, it's ugly. You go to 0-4, it's rare that a team comes back from that, even with a great quarterback. However, on the other side, they need to make sure that their franchise-type quarterback, who's still young, right, is healthy enough to go out and play against, like we talked about, size, speed, strength, and they're paid to take the quarterback out. Well, that's the whole dichotomy. That, that's the that is the the crux here for Cincinnati. Is you, you got to get a win if you want to be in the mix in the AFC, and you have been. When Joe Burrow's the man, but Joe Burrow's got to be the man for you to be in the mix. You can't afford, I mean, this lower calf thing, we saw this with Kevin Durant when he tried to play through it, and then pop, there it goes. And you're out for a year plus when that happens, so it doesn't matter how big and tough and athletic you are. So, And they invested so much money in this kid, too. He is the present and future of their franchise, so I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, yeah, so I'm sure they've discussed it. All of the doctors, the trainers, the medical, the head coach, the all, all the way up to the owner, you know, GM. All that. I'm sure they're going to have a plan and a philosophy. If he's this good, we play. Right. If he's not, we're sitting him and we're getting him better, get him ready for next week or even the week after. This man has to be healthy for you to have a chance. And and, and I'm talking for the next, you know, not even right. this year. Next year as well. Totally. I mean, it's it's the it's your whole franchise for the it next hand, play. handful of years. It absolutely does, and, and it should. Uh, 
Phillies looked really good. I mean, they looked they looked unstoppable. Who's uh, this? Philadelphia. Oh, Philly, Phil, yeah. Philly looked unstoppable uh, last Thursday night football. They've had a long week to get prepared for this Monday night game as well. Tampa Bay's been one of the surprises, though, uh, in the league. Uh, their defense is great, and Baker Mayfield's doing, I mean, you talk about galvanizing. I think Baker Mayfield kind of lost it in Cleveland, but he's got it right now in Tampa Bay. And let's see if Baker has matured enough right. to be able to stack them back to back to back to back. He's done it up to date with two. Right. right. He's done that before. Right. He's done two he, before. He has. Can he do a four or five, six or, or seven out of eight or eight out of ten? Can he do that with a really good defense? Tampa, I'm, I'm, I'm a little uh, surprised, too. It's going to be fascinating tonight to watch this ballgame. If you wanted to know what my betting advice would be, a sports bet Montana kiosks all across the state of Montana, I would tease the Eagles line down to about a field goal. If you can get it down to two and a half, and then I would pair that with the Rams to cover. I think that Eagles minus two and a half, Rams plus two and a half. That's where I'd go uh, on Monday Night Football. This has been the Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Coach Marty here uh, on ESPN Radio. Great stuff, man. Thanks for being here. Go Grizz! Now's the time to give him a little pat on the butt, pat on the back. Now, rock and roll, homecoming, Idaho State, the Bengals coming into town. You know, one thing, 1981, they went 14-1, and won the national championship. Yep. The Montana Grizzlies beat them up like a barrel <laughs> in Dorn Blazer. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 p.m., all things high school. We'll see you then. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.